everyone, welcome back to Wonderful, a celebration of Pokemon Snap, the greatest Pokemon spin-off that never got a sequel. I'm your host, Zach Lyons, and here with me again is Andy Carasquillo. Andy, how are we doing? I'm doing very well, Zach. How are you? I'm just dandy. Uh, so today I want to start by doing something we really should have done in Episode 1, and that's break down exactly what Pokemon Snap is for newcomers who might only be familiar with the more recent Pokemon titles or... Uh, fans who have been born in the last 20 years and don't even know what a Nintendo 64 is. Uh, I guess we were so excited that we can't imagine a world of Pokemon yeah. players that don't know what Pokemon Snap is. Exactly. You think about it. 20 years ago, we were like, I'm, how old am I now? I'm like 32. How old are you? I don't actually know how old I'm you are. I'm 25. Yeah. Okay. So 20 years ago, I was 12 and you were five. So <laughs> in that good age range to... Just suck in Pokemon as it was becoming a pop culture phenomenon. And so now there are five-year-olds and 12-year-olds and 20-year-olds who have never experienced it, who have never probably never played it. But like because they're, they're in the world today, they probably know what Pokemon is. But they just might not know what Pokemon Snap is. So, shall we, shall we give a little uh, Cliff Notes version of Pokemon Snap? Let us... Pokemon Snap is a video game that originally released on the Nintendo 64 back in March of 1999. It's less of a spin-off from the Pokemon games and more of a spin-off from the Pokemon cartoon since you play as a minor character from the show, the Pokemon photographer Todd Snap. Uh, Professor Oak brings him to the mysterious Pokemon Island to document the many different species of Pokemon that inhabit it. Uh, from the coastal beaches to the fiery volcano and the tunnels and caves within as well. Uh, the plot, if you can call it that, is really, really bare bones and basically non-existent. And the goal is just to work your way through different stages of the island with varying themes like the fire level or the water level or the spooky level and so on. Taking pictures of Pokemon. Uh, you're on rails uh, where you follow a set path and at the end of the stage or when you've used up all the film in your camera, you go back to Professor Oak's laboratory where he rates and scores your pictures. Uh, reaching higher point thresholds will unlock new stages or items, and using the new items you can go back to previous stages, and they will allow you to do new things and interact with Pokemon in different ways. That lets you get more exciting shots that'll probably score higher. So even though the game's incredibly short and can be completed in just a couple hours, the replay value is surprisingly high. And since the game only has like 60 to 70 Pokemon of the first generation of 151. Uh, considering the global Pokedex now has uh, over 800 species, the potential for a sequel is really, really staggering. So that's what Pokemon Snap is in a nutshell. Do you, yeah, did I leave I'm... anything out? No, not at all. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I think you hit it on the head. And yeah, like you said, there's... There's over 800 new Pokemon right now. And then we just recently got a new one in Pokemon Go, Miltan. So there's yeah, yeah, yeah. tons of potential for this game in the future. Or even now. <laughs> yeah, well, but, I mean, there's been potential for a sequel since the game was a year old. Because a year after the game was out, we had Gold and Silver on the Game Boy. Absolutely. Uh, which added another 100 Pokemon. At any rate, yeah, so, so that's Pokemon Snap. And I, I just, I can't believe that in 20 years it has not received a sequel. So I, I don't know. It, it's baffling to me. Maybe it's just because I'm biased and I want to 
see more Pokemon Snap because it was like my favorite one. But you know, I mean, you're not the only one. That's why we have this. Yeah, exactly. Well, hopefully, hopefully, it's not just you and me listening to this. <laughs> um. So, so another thing I want to do in this episode is talk about some uh, personal anecdotes from the game, things like experiences we might remember or favorite memories. I know last time we talked about a bit our first time playing it and when we last played it most recently but are there any moments in the game that really stuck out to you that you were like whoa that's crazy i can't believe i can do that or Um, times hanging out with friends that you really cherished or what do you got i do have a few fond memories one of them was on beach and it was just being introduced to the game in general and seeing what Mm -hmm. the game is all about just kind of like took me by surprise and by awe like because i was so astounded that this was a game where i didn't have to catch them all i had to take pictures of them all and it was just like a huge mind blow for me that we could have a game that's different than your average pokemon game but that still works the same One of my favorite things was figuring out that you can get Pikachu on the surfboard and take a picture of that by lowering it there with the apples. Some of it was just different ways to evolve Pokemon, such as hitting a Charmander into a volcano. (laughs) Mm, Yeah, yeah, like like Um, hitting Charmeleon and getting him to fall over, and then all of a sudden... Oh, yeah, Charmeleon. What? Yeah. And, I mean, in my eyes, when I originally did it, uh, it was just like, well, it would be really funny if I could knock that Charmeleon into the volcano and I tried it and then it evolved into a Charizard and I was just like yeah. baffled. And for a split second, you're like, oh my God, did I just kill Charmeleon? <laughs> did I just oh, burn him alive? That was definitely something that went through my mind. Um, yeah. There were also like a ton of Pokemon. I don't know if this is just me. But there are a ton of Pokemon that even today I still cannot get very good pictures of. Like which ones? I I bet Um, I can guess a few, but which ones? So for me in particular are Kangaskhan, Porygon, and Moltres. Ah, see, Kangaskhan and Moltres I I can do fine. I cannot, just for the life of me, cannot get good pictures of. With Kangaskhan, what you have to do is... uh... Like ignore, because he's just past Snorlax, I think. So ignore Snor- the sleeping Snorlax, and you just as soon as you see Kangaskhan, start throwing uh, pester balls at him. And then when you hit him with one, he'll like turn around and tromp towards you, and he'll start roaring like he'll bend over and roar. And you can get a really nice shot of him roaring at you. So like he doesn't move. See, close no to matter you with how how hard I try, I guess I don't know. I guess it's like the way that the controller is set up, or like. Maybe me hitting the incorrect buttons, but I can never get it. Never. <laughs> yeah, see, the, the ones I have problems with are the ones that move really quick, like Staryu in the, the oh, valley. Oh, yeah. Because they just, uh, you have to take a picture of them as they, like, as you're going really quickly past them. And if you miss them, they're gone. And then if you do get it, then they'll start, yeah, yeah, like just circling around you until you get to the, the whirlpool at the bottom. And. Mm-hmm. So you've got lots of chances to try and snap a shot while they're circling around you, but they go so quickly that usually you get, like, a snippet of the corner of them, and they're definitely not centered, so you're not getting that double-point bonus. <laughs> so Staryu is probably my most frustrating one to try. 
to get. But uh, my my memories that I have, I remember going through the stages for the first time and seeing things like the the Kingler Rocks on the beach and the Dugtrio Mountain in the valley, and thinking it was cool that like these areas kind of looked like Pokemon. It wasn't just taking pictures of Pokemon, but like there were these formations that kind of looked like Pokemon, and that was I thought that was really neat. And then later on in the game, when Professor Oak is like, go find these Pokemon signs. I'm like, those are things that you're supposed to find. Like, and that was <laughs> cool. Like, I thought that was really neat because there were some of them, like Kingler and uh, Dugtrio, that were really easy and obvious, especially Dugtrio. You literally see the mountains as soon as you start the level. Like, and so they're very obvious and easy to get. But then there are other ones yeah. that I'm like, where's the one in the, the river? The Cubone uh, one? I didn't know where that one was for ages. And the throwing a pester ball into the volcano to get the coughing smoke like it took me ages to figure out the coughing smoke sign but i thought that was really cool that they did that so it just added another element and i was disappointed that there was only six symbols to find but it was still a thing coughing was like i don't know really given to me um one of the harder signs that i had problems with were um the pincer and the oh yeah 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 the pincer the pincer one is like ridiculous because it's actually a multi-step process in the in the tunnel yep like you have to lead the electabuzz around and you have to get them to use their thunder shock or whatever and that's man it's like a then, legitimate puzzle to solve and there's also like you can't get the volcano level without solving puzzles as well because you have to you have to you have to get the Voltorb to use explosion somewhere. Yep. And you have to hit uh, it, explode it, and then... Oh, yeah, the Electrode, not the Voltorb. Yeah, so you have to hit it with either a Pokemon... I think because you don't have the Pester Ball at that point, so you have to hit it with the Apple, and then it yeah. explodes. Just like kind of how you have to hit the Porygon, the hidden Porygon, in the river level to unlock the cave. Oh, don't get me started on that Porygon. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's, it's good because uh, like that, you say, that Porygon is the you, bane of my just existence. Continue on to the next level, but then others that you have to figure out how to get to the next level, and it's really cool. Like it makes you actually think about it if you've never played before, and not just that, but also the the different special Pokemon poses that you can do, like the the singing Jigglypuff. If you save Jigglypuff from the coughing that are chasing them in the cave, and then at the end you get Jigglypuff in concert, and that's really cool. And yeah. Uh, like you said earlier, the Pikachu on the surfboard. You know, you can also get the Pikachu with Diglett, and then if you keep taking pictures of Diglett, then it moves to Pikachu Dugtrio, or the Flying Pikachu, or the Pikachu on a stump, or doing its electric attack. It's just like there's so many different ways of interacting with the Pokemon that, again, if you just want to go through and take pictures, you can just go through leisurely and take pictures. But or you can the do flute, using the fruit. There's so many other things you can do, and it's really, really exciting the first time i think to try and figure out what new things you can do you can definitely do one of my preferred playthroughs of the game and try to take pictures of as many knocked out pokemon as possible (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome the easiest one meowth because he gets knocked out by pidgey anyway oh yes that's awesome i love it i also like how snorlax does different dances with the different songs on the flute yeah snorlax is a very um I think one of the most interactive Pokemon in the game. Pikachu well, is probably the most. I'd say Pikachu's definitely the most, but I wouldn't say Snorlax is one of the most because he's there's only one Snorlax in one stage and there's like three songs on the flute, so he'll do three different dances. 
Yeah, but, but that's more interactive than you get from most of these Pokemon, besides, like, knocking them out or, like, feeding them. Oh, I tell you what, another favorite part of mine is in the volcano level, when you stop at the Moltres egg, and, like, you have to hit the egg to put it in the lava to get Moltres to hatch. But if you don't do that, you just stay there. You just are stopped in the middle of the level. And that <laughs> doesn't happen in any of the other stages. So this is, like, a rare moment where you have to just hold the brakes and look at the surroundings and see what else is around you and there's these two charmander to your left and you toss them a couple fruit and they'll come eat the fruit they'll bounce up and down and be happy and then they'll go char char and they'll call more charmander and you can get like half a dozen charmander there and then call bring them towards you bring them real close for a nice close-up shot with the fruit you can make them dance with the poke flute or you can bounce fruit off of their heads and they like kind of flinch their eyes and bump bump their heads it's so cute and so funny like that was like the favorite pastime of uh, one of my friends and i we'd always boot it up just to call the charmanders and just to hit them with apples the only thing that kind of like gets me in that game blastoise has always been my favorite pokemon and blastoise is not in the game oh yeah that's a good point i don't think wartortle is either it's and just the few squirtle yeah it's just the squirtle mm, and that's a good point and I don't think... I suppose that's the same with if uh, there is a Bulbasaur. Because it's just Bulbasaur. Yeah, yeah, it's just Bulbasaur, Squirtle, but Charmander, Charmeleon, and Charizard for the starters. I'm guessing because Charizard always had like the most attraction to it, but there are people like me who did not like Charizard and loved Squirtle. Yeah. Yo, you, you gotta think again, uh, going back to what I said about how it's less a spinoff of the games and more a spinoff of the anime. You know, for ages and ages and ages... Uh, Ash continues to have a Bulbasaur and a Squirtle, but they don't ever evolve. Whereas pretty early on in the series, this Charmander evolves to Charmeleon and Charizard. So it kind of makes sense that you would see those ones in it because, like, those are the ones, thanks to the anime, that are at the forefront of fans' minds. Like, they probably won't think of Ivysaur and Venusaur or Wartortle and Blastoise as much because they're not in Ash's party. That's very true. And so. coming to think of it, there are a lot of weird choices like there's no Raichu but there's Pikachu yeah um there's no Golduck there's like a a lot of non-evolutions well there's 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 so many like because again there's only 63 out of 151 Pokemon that are in the game like there's no Clefairy there's no Nidoran there's no Ekans like they've got coughing there's no Ekans there's a lot of them missing that are that have had fairly prominent roles in the show early on. Yeah. I was going to say there's no Psyduck, but there is Psyduck. There's yeah, absolutely. Psyduck. And it's weird. It's taken me all these years to, like, see that. <laughs> yeah. It's also interesting that, like, there's Dratini and Dragonite, but not Dragonair. Like, in the, in the valley level, you can throw your Pokemon fruit into the water and get a Dratini to pop up. And if you take a picture of the Dratini, it'll pop down and then a Dragonite will fly out of the whirlpool. And that's really cool. But there's no Dragonair, which is a bit strange. Yeah, that's a little yeah, weird. so many, um, so many more Pokemon they could include in the sequel. And I'll never stop campaigning for it <laughs> until it happens. <laughs> so one more thing I want to talk about this time, and that's uh, the Blockbuster Partnership, which is another thing that kids of today or you know teens of today young people today won't know what blockbuster is you know there's netflix there's streaming there's online available like you buy movies online you buy tv online you watch it on streaming platforms but blockbuster is no longer a thing it's for anyone who doesn't know and i don't want to sound patronizing because i don't want to sound like oh this is a thing that used to i don't know but like 
genuinely, for anyone who doesn't know, Blockbuster was a chain of video rental stores across the country where you'd go to a store and you would buy VHS tapes and eventually DVDs to rent and you would have them for a few days and you'd watch them and then you'd return them to the shop. And in this day and age, it sounds like such a wild concept that that was a thing, but it was. And you could rent video games too and you could take video games for a week or two and you know, instead of spending uh, 60 bucks on a new video game, you just rent it for 5 bucks for a week and then take it back. And sweet, you've got all your playtime out of it. But Blockbuster had this really cool partnership with uh, Nintendo and the Pokemon Company when Pokemon Snap came out. And they had these, ki these kiosks set up where you could demo the game. But also, the N64 had, I think it was the Rumble Pack, or did they have memory sticks on the 64? They did, but they were only used for certain games. Yeah, okay. So you could take your save file, I think, on the Rumble Packs or something. I, I never owned the game. I mentioned last episode, I never owned the game on 64 until years later. So I didn't ever was able to do it myself, but my friends did it. And I was just so jealous and thought it was so cool. That, like, you could take pictures from your game into a Blockbuster and like hook it up to their print station, their kiosk, and you could get stickers printed out of the pictures you took in the game. And that was like mind-blowing like the game boy had the game boy printer which was also cool but this was like a whole new level because like you get stickers and you could get them in color and like they're not just from the demo station or preset pictures they're the pictures you took in the game absolutely and like what that's cool as hell i remember when i was a kid i actually partook in this and um my Blockbuster did it a little differently. We just, like, took our game yeah. cartridge to the Blockbuster, and we just put it in the N64, and then it generated from there. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, mm. So, I, I don't know about the whole save data thing. That's unknown to me, but... <laughs> maybe maybe that's how you were supposed to do it. Like I said, I, I never did it myself, but maybe that's how you did it. You take your cartridge in. That very well possible. But also, I mean, it... it there's no doubt in my mind that there was probably some way to save your data on a memory card or sure. something. But I mean, like, the 64, the N64 was before the PlayStation 1, and the PS1, I think, or maybe the Dreamcast, depending on which came out first, were the first ones to have, like, memory cards to save your data instead of just having the save data written to the, the game cartridge yeah. or disc. So, like, it wasn't... The, the, game the, game, the video games weren't quite at that point yet, I don't think. And so to think about it now, you know, we've gone past the age of using memory sticks and now it's just like straight up, you save to the cloud, you save to air. <laughs> <laughs> and again, like going back to a sequel potential, you know, nowadays so many games have photo modes. We'll get into that in another episode. But uh, like you could so easily add, you know, photo uploading and put them on your phone, share them on social media, print them out as much as they like. You wouldn't need a, a kiosk in a brick and mortar store to do that. But 20 years ago, it was like mind-blowing that you could do that. You could take things that you did in a video game and print them out in sticker form. And that was so cool. And like to this day, my, my like holy grail of video game paraphernalia would be to own one of those Pokemon Snap blockbuster kiosks. I, every now and then I'll go on eBay and search for them. And like I looked today, the last, the most recent one I could find ended April 15th, 2017. And it sold for approximately 975 US dollars. And I'm like, I would probably pay $1,000 for a kiosk. That's not terrible. 
No, like that's not some terrible. arcade cabinets go for a lot more than that. That's that's mildly reasonable for such a strange request. <laughs> I mean, so that's yeah. I so mean, uh, man, it's possible. One day, one day when I have space to actually set it up so it's not just sitting in storage, I'd love to buy one of those. I actually do have one more other random memory. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, shoot, go for it. So, where I live, there was uh, this McDonald's that had an N64 inside of it, and okay. um, one of the only games that they had were Pokemon Snap, and I remember I used to go there a lot as a kid, and I would go there and 100% Pokemon Snap, and then leave. <laughs> wow. And Just Tria's like, I'm going to the arcade, I'm actually going to McDonald's. And then... <laughs> um. I don't know if they just, like, kept deleting the save data because some kid was just, like, going there and 100%ing the game and leaving it with nothing to do. That's funny. But I remember doing that quite often. That's awesome. I love it. That's a, that's a good memory. So I think that's uh, that's what I wanted to chat about today. Uh, next time, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see what we're going to talk about next time. I was thinking about doing likes and dislikes about the game. I think we've covered a lot of things we like, but it'd be good to touch on things that we weren't so fond of, things mechanics that may not have aged as well. So we'll we'll have a think about that, and we'll we'll probably chat about that next time. Sounds good. Yeah. Anything else you'd like to add, Andy? Give us Pokemon Snap too. Give us Pokemon Snap too, please, Nintendo. Please, the Pokemon Company. Please, 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 Pokemon Snap too. I know you're working on Gen 8. I think it's Gen 8, the new one. You're working on the new core Pokemon RPG currently. Please. Also, give us Pokemon Snap, too. You're always doing spin-offs. There's no reason not to. The time is right. Do it. Anyway, <laughs> thank you for joining us on Episode 2 of Wonderful, a celebration of Pokemon Snap. We will see you guys in Episode 3.